Hey, 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 welcome to the Happy Productive Podcast. I'm Jennifer Dawn, a business coach and founder of The Best Planner Ever. If you're ready to start winning big in business and life, guess what? You're in the right place. The Happy Productive Podcast is your go-to resource for learning how to bring awareness and determination, a little mental toughness and discipline, a bunch of clarity, all that stuff into your daily productivity so that you can knock your goals out of the park, really set yourself apart from the pack and start succeeding on a whole new level. So I am super excited today because we are going to be talking with the beautiful Jessica Sinclair. She is a life coach and speaker and also has her own planner and also has so many amazing things. And I'm actually, I'm going to do something a little different today. I'm not going to read her bio because I want her to share in her own words a little bit about her own story because I think it's so, so very powerful. So Jess, do you mind just sharing a little bit about you and your journey? Oh, absolutely. First of all, thank you so much for having me. Thank oh, you so, so much. Um, and and sharing your audience with me. And I, I really appreciate that. Yeah, so I'm so I, happy to. I am just so excited to be here. So I'm going to try. Um, my story to me um, starts of, in, in Mississippi, where I was born, and mm-hmm. uh, travels through all southern all southern states from Mississippi to Florida, and now I am in Georgia. Um, and while I was a young girl, um, I grew up in in poverty in Mississippi, and um, a lot of different struggles. Um, I was abused as a child from the age of five to thirteen, and after my my parents divorced, there was um, a lot of uh, trauma left there. And then a lot of freedom because, you know, there's fracturing of that family structure. And so I found myself, um, although I was very, very intelligent and I was driven, um, partly because I had a a teacher at some point who told me about college in the fifth grade. And that was the first time I ever heard about that college thing, even though I grew up in a college town Mm -hmm. right around the and I could hear the bands from these two universities right from, you know, in, in my living room and never knew anything about college. So mm-hmm. that fifth grade teacher kind of planted a seed and she brought in college students and, you know, I'm like, college student, they look like people, yeah. <laughs> you know, but then they talked about all the places they were from and, you know, I had never been to Jacksonville, Florida, so it was a big deal to me to hear about these these different, you know, wild places they had been. <laughs> so yeah. um, college then to me became a way to go from poverty to the opposite of poverty, whatever that was. And I did mm-hmm. not know what that was, but I just knew it wasn't poverty. Um, so I went to school and I worked really, really hard. And in high school, I was the junior class vice president. I was on the honor roll. I was dual enrolled in, in college. And I was, you know, what they call a, a child with great potential. Oh, yes. And <laughs> then um, I found myself pregnant at the age of 16. Wow. And I was told um that the statistics for girls who have children in high school uh, is less than 10% of them actually graduate high school and they have a less than 2% chance of having earning a college degree before age 30. Mm-hmm. So the, the odds are that I would be making 
I had a better chance of making $25,000 a year for the rest of my life than to actually have a college education, you know, and do well and change the circumstances for, for me and my, my unborn child at that point. So um, that was very bleak. And on top of that, the school at that time um, didn't really know what to do with mm-hmm. me. I went to my counselor and when he found out, I'll never forget what he said to me, Jennifer. He said, it's the ones you put on a pedestal that let you down. I was 16 years old from a home of poverty, traumatized and pregnant and did not have any idea of what I was going to do, but I knew what I was not going to do. And that was give up. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and to be in that situation and then you get shamed, really, you get shamed. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And it's interesting that you say get, get shamed, right? Because it's layered. There's mm-hmm. already, you know, the shame of abuse and the shame of poverty. Now it's the shame of letting down this whole community of people. This is not he was the guidance counselor. And now I've disappointed him. And he said, you know, so if I'm not on the pedestal, that must mean I have fallen. So right. I, I didn't give up. You know, I remember I stormed out of his office and I burst through that door and it hit the back of the wall and everybody's turning around. And I was like, I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you, you don't know what I'm capable of. And so I I left and we ended up um, actually having to fight for me to stay in in a public school. Wow. Um, They wanted to send me to a teenage pregnancy program. And my mother, you know, she has a high school education. She worked in housekeeping her whole life, did not have any experience with fighting the administration or advocating in that way. I was the first child in my family to go through this. So it was all very new for everyone. But Mm -hmm. my mother stood up for me and um, she said, tell me what to say. Like, what is it that you want? And I said, I want to go to college. Does that school help you go to college? And their answer was no. And she said, so my daughter isn't going. Mm-hmm. And so I stayed at high school. I stayed in my position as the junior class vice president. They wanted me to step down from that too. And then my senior class actually elected me to be the president of the class and voted me best all around. Um, I graduated National Honor Society. I graduated at the top 10% of my class because as you recall, they said I had a 10% chance, but I graduated in the top 10%. While I was in high school, I dual enrolled in college and I worked a part-time job. Um, That was, it was very difficult. Um, At first there was a childcare center on the school grounds, but you could not dual enroll in college. You couldn't leave your child and Mm -hmm. go somewhere. So I had to unenroll her from the daycare center and my mom kept her during the day so that I could go to college classes while I um, was enrolled in high school. And then I worked in the evenings and my brother and sisters helped, my brothers and sister helped with my my daughter. So um, I was able to graduate on time. I went to college. I graduated from Florida State University at the age of 22, and I graduated from Florida State University again with a master's degree in public administration in 2005 at the age of 25. And that's also the year I purchased my first home. 
So my story is that sometimes the, the statistics, though they are true, are not true for you. They weren't true for me. And there was no one that um, was a, a role model, so to speak. And if she existed, perhaps she too had been shamed, you know, and, and wants to wanted to outrun that, that um, image. And I didn't see her. <laughs> I, mm -hmm. I did not see a woman who had been a teen parent and gotten a college degree and got, gotten a, a good job and her child went to college. All I heard was that it's not going to be good for you. My daughter just graduated in May of last year from the City University of New York with a degree in music and she is oh. a sound engineer. Wow. Oh my goodness. So this is why I didn't read your bio because <laughs> this is why you're on the show today. Such a powerful story. And I love how you took the stats, right? Um, you get pregnant in high school. And um, I remember in our high school, there were girls who had gotten pregnant. So I went to high school in Tallahassee, Florida, because you and I both went to Florida State. <laughs> yes. So yeah, so my high school was in Monticello, Florida, which is this tiny little speck of a town nobody's ever heard of. Except me. <laughs> Except for you. You know where I'm talking about. And I do remember like girls in high school getting pregnant. And it was just this like immediate like thing that they were done. Like that was it. Their life was over. And so when I heard your story and I was just like, you know, you not only did you beat the odds, you like turn them upside down. And even when a high school counselor like shamed you, it's just like, you know what, I'm going to show you what I really can do. And I just think that is so powerful because in life, life's hard, like hard things happen to all of us all the time. And it comes down to, do we want to make that our truth? Or do we want to find our truth, you know, make our own truth? And so I'm curious, like, as you were going through that, like, how did you overcome? How did you really, at such a young age, like, really own your truth and own your power where so many people fail in this area? They, they fall into victim mode. They, they drop out. They don't, you know, don't overcome. And so I would just love to hear from you, like, how did you overcome? How did you tap your power? I think because <clears throat> I, I had already been through so much and that, that seed that that teacher planted for me, mm -hmm. she never said that, but if you get pregnant, this isn't going to be possible. So, so she really never put any limitations she was more of, you can do anything. So that's the thought that I started thinking, you can do it, you can do it. And I just had to, even when I had to withdraw from classes, I went back immediately. And, and when they said, write the letter and let us know what you're going through, I didn't try to make it pretty. <laughs> this is what I'm dealing with. And, you know, a lot of doors opened because I opened my mouth and asked for help mm -hmm. or said, I don't understand. I don't know. And a lot of people began to say, 
oh, well, I can show you that, or I can tell you that, or I don't know the answer, but let me put you in contact with this person. And then it became, you know, more known that, okay, here's a young lady who's trying to do something. I'm sending her your way. And people started opening doors. They started opening, you know, even if it was just a little crack, you know, if I can get my toe in the mm -hmm. door, then I can bust it wide open. You know, yeah. that's what I'm, I'm thinking. And so I put myself in uncomfortable situations mm -hmm. and I put myself in rooms where, I knew I was the only person that had a kid, you know, in this, uh -huh. at this college, you know, networking event. And I would say, and so my daughter, and then people would say, and what? And so I used it, you know, as something that wasn't negative, but something that I could raise that could actually raise awareness a bit. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that I went home all the time feeling vindicated or like I had mm -hmm. done some, sometimes I went home feeling even more ashamed and doubting, why did I tell them that? You know, what are they thinking now? You know, I'm not like them, I'm not good enough. And I would have to go home and literally learn how to speak louder than those thoughts. They, in your mind, your mind is such a powerful thing. Now in, in coaching, I tell people, fear is a worthy adversary. Mm -hmm. but fear does not always tell the truth. Right. So. And I didn't know, I was not aware that I was doing these, doing that, you know, but talking back to it mm -hmm. out loud, that's what I had to do. And then literally opening my mouth and saying, you know, I'm here. I remember one time, for instance, I was um, in a writing class mm -hmm. and I asked my professor, you know, my daughter's father isn't able to get her today. We have a 6.30 class. I need to bring my daughter to class. And she said, oh, that's going to disrupt the course. I didn't know you had a daughter, but I will get a graduate student to sit with your daughter in another class and you won't have to worry about it. You know, those types of things mm -hmm. is, is what I mean. Just letting people know. I would barge into my new counselor because, you know, I was done with the with the pedestal guy. Yeah. And I would say, I heard there's money, you know, can, where's the scholarships? And I spent so much time asking for applications to fill out because I heard about this free money thing. And I told everybody I knew there was like this free money. All you have to do, they will pay for your college education. And the last thing I did, um, I gave a speech at my high school um, graduation or convocation. And there was a, the president of the university was the speaker. And that was the president of Florida A&M University at the mm -hmm. time. And he offered the valedictorian a full scholarship. But the guy had committed to like Yale or Harvard. So he turned it down. And so I said, hmm, opportunity. <laughs> so as soon as this event is over, I go up to him and I said, I heard you have money. If he turned you down, it sounds like you have a surplus. And he said, I like the way you think. Come and see me in my office on Tuesday. And I went and I waited and he literally tripled my financial aid package and offered me on campus housing. So seizing opportunities and letting people know what you need. Don't be afraid to open your mouth. And I think for me, that means that's still true. So I have to let people know I'm here. So that's another reason why I coach is because I want to reach girls and women who have had those types of, those types of 
experiences in life. Maybe they weren't a teen mother, but maybe they've experienced divorce or incarceration or any setbacks in life and you where you've been shamed or feel like you've fallen from a pedestal or people, you, you feel like you've let people down, but more so you feel like you've let yourself down. Yeah. Then I feel like that's a perfect moment to reset. And mm. that's why I branded myself the reset coach because yeah. I've learned over and over, my daughter is 24, and over the last two, almost two and a half decades, ooh, I look good for my age. <laughs> over the last two and a half decades, I have had to reset. Yeah. I've had to pause and consciously investigate my thoughts and my actions and the way I treat myself and others. And I had to be willing, I had to be willing to change that. I had yeah. to be willing to challenge that. And that means mining and going deep, even when it like hurts in your chest. Like, I don't want to deal with, like you taught us, I don't want to deal with my money. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you have to break through that. And for me, that whole reset process starts with the pause. Just, eh, just yeah. stop. And I've oh. had to do that. And that is just like the the intro to my, my program that I've been working on. And that's why I was so excited to work with you mm -hmm. because you helped me clarify and really hone in on the value of my story yeah, and how it connected with the business that I was trying to build. And I remember when I sent you um, a description early on before we ever had our first coaching mm -hmm. um, moment together. And it was all over the place. And I provide services to everybody, their grandmother. Right. You bring the kitchen sink in, I will coach that sink too. And <laughs> we whittled that. I don't think we ever even looked at that document. It was like, okay, yeah, we're going to yeah. start over yeah. here, start yeah. fresh. And you asked me a question about um, an introduction. I think that was 20 words, 25 words or less. Uh -huh. And that was like, hmm. And then you, when we actually talked, you said, girl, your story, your pitch is your story. Yeah. All that other stuff about this and where I've worked and nobody, it's the story. Yeah. And you said to me, the demographic, your market that you're looking for is you. Mm -hmm. And that was it's so true. powerful. That yeah. was so powerful because it was also a moment that broke through some fear mm. and some shame, right? For me, because yeah. if I'm going to openly market that after everything I've achieved in my life, right, then I have to say again and over and over, I'm a teen mother. I was a teen mother. I was a yeah. teen mother. Yeah. And then I started saying it over and over. Yeah. And then I started feeling that power come mm -hmm. back that power. And I look at, I was able to go back and look at pictures of myself from, from high school, before high school, and just, just look at this. And I wanted to just tell that girl, you win. Like, yeah. it, it's really, really good, girl. It gets really, really good. And so my, my breakthrough was coming to you. Like, Aww. I literally like left my job and... <laughs> Two weeks later, I was calling. I was on the phone with you. Yeah. And um, I've gained so much focus. Mm -hmm. I have gained so much freedom mm -hmm. from that, from being coached, from opening up my mouth yeah. and asking 
for help. And that's really the key to it all. It really is. It's so very important. And I don't know why it's so hard for us in some of these moments to open up and ask for help. And what I love so much about your story was that you know, I, I work with a lot of business owners, you know, we do a lot of marketing and you don't hear very often, I want to help the teenage mother. I want to help the person who was incarcerated. I want to help the person who's, you know, going for a, for a divorce or was abused. Like that usually is not landing pages that we're creating, right? Because right. everybody's like, oh, you got to go after the person who has gobs of money and, you know, and, and, and there's nothing wrong with that either, depending on what your service is. But when you hear, like, I want to help these people who, who maybe struggle in helping themselves, whereas you were able to help yourself in a really difficult situation, not just help yourself, but really exceed everybody's expectation. And I love that your class voted you the president your senior <laughs> year. I'm like, right on. <laughs> that is so great. Um, but when you're in a place like that, where you have been labeled, you know, mm -hmm. you were this, you were that, um, I was in an abusive marriage. It was very shaming. Like I did not want to talk about it, but I've been there and I was also abused as a child and you don't want to talk about it because it is really shaming. But if you can tap your power, if you can get out of that victim mindset, if you can just start taking actions. And I love what you said open your mouth and ask for help and surround yourself with people who are going to support you and motivate you, inspire you, who are not going to shame you. And I, I love what you said about now you're a reset coach because everybody who's listening to this, you've probably been through something difficult in your life. This is exactly why I wanted to have Jess on the podcast today, because if you've been faced with something difficult in your life and you have now labeled yourself as, oh, I, you know, I was abused, I was traumatized, I was this, I was that. And you're using it as an excuse not to go out and live your best life, not to go after your goals. I want you to hear Jess's story. If you listen to my podcast, you've heard a lot of things on my story. Um, it's not a reason not to live at our best. And when you hear from people who have done it, it just like gives us hope to know that we can do it. I hate to say this, we're almost out of time. I could just sit and talk with you all day, Jess. <laughs> but if, if I would just love to hear one final thing on if you're a listener and you've kind of labeled yourself and you're feeling kind of stuck, maybe you're in a little bit of that victim mindset, what would you say? One piece of advice you'd love to leave with everybody today on what to do to get out of that so that you can really go after what's in your heart and what you want to do with your life. A lot of things that um, keep us from moving forward actually have to do with fear. Mm -hmm. What if what they said is true? Mm -hmm. We are afraid of that. So we stand and don't make any movements at all. I'd rather be still than to fall. Mm -hmm. So if I don't go up, I can't fall. I can't prove them right. Right. Yeah. So that fear keeps us very still and it keeps us from moving forward. So my big, my big breakthrough piece of advice is to Google this poem that is very, very popular. It's Marianne Williamson's Our Deepest Fear. Yeah, And that poem, when you read it, read it through the first time, then the second time, put it in the first person. Mm -hmm. 
what is my deepest fear? Yeah. It's not that I'm inadequate. It's that I am powerful beyond measure. It is my light, yeah. not my darkness. That makes me most afraid. That's the thing. That's the thing. And that's the, the real fear. It's not that you're going to prove them right. It's that you're going to prove them wrong. You're going to prove yourself right. And then what happens next? What happens when you actually exceed those expectations? And that can be a scary place. And that's why we have coaches like you and me to help people walk through those scary places. Because at, we know at the end, you win. Yeah. If you walk it, if you get up and walk it, you will win. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. So powerful. Just tell everybody where they can find you. They can find me at www.jnicolecoaching.com. Oh, thank you so much for being on the show today. Like I said, I could just sit and chat with you like all day. Your story is so inspiring. I know everybody who's hearing it is going to be inspired as well to just go out there and like live your best life. So thank you so much for sharing it. If you guys want to learn more about our coaching, you can visit me at Jennifer Dawn Coaching, or you can find us at bestplannerever.com. That's it for our episode today. So powerful. Thank you so much, Jess, for being here. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody get out there. Thank you for listening and have a happy, productive day. Bye-bye. Bye. I hope you found today's episode of the Happy Productive Podcast inspiring. Every successful business is formed by a set of small, consistent, and attainable steps. Visit us at jenniferdawncoaching.com to take your next step and learn how to meet your business goals. On the website, you'll find free resources along with the links to the life-changing coaching programs that have transformed the personal lives of so many of Jennifer's clients. Many of them started their journey by listening to this podcast. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for our next episode. This is the She Leads Podcast Network.